everybody. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Dan Beecher. And filling in for Frank this week is me, Andrea Beecher. That's right. That's that, This is a double Beecher show. It's all Beecher all the time now. Beecher multiplied. It's 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 Beecher squared. Uh, <laughs> hi. Hi. This is my this is my wife, kids. Uh, I don't know you. She, you may have heard her voice way way back years ago on the show. If you're a committed fan. If you if you're a real fan, yeah. then you've already heard Andrea's voice. <laughs> but if you if you haven't heard it before, I, I people have been asking about you. Have they? People ask every now and then. That's really kind. Uh, and so I, I thought it's time to bring you back on the show. Well, I love it. I'm excited to be a guest host instead of instead under of a, the gun. In, instead of a, an interviewee. Yes, but that of, was that was delightful. That was wonderful. But I'm excited to yeah to just chat at you about the world. Uh, well, we're not going to just chat. We are going to explore topics. Coming up later on today's show, you and I are going to talk about a new... Harvard Law Today is a uh, apparently a publication out of Harvard Law Fathom School. Fathom that. Law School. Uh, I know we're all shocked to learn it. Uh, and they... they Put in a new article. Uh, they they published a, an, an article that was really interesting uh, about polyamory. Yes, and the legal rights that don't exist for people within relationships such as that, and, and maybe shouldn't. Oh, you damn dirty! Yeah, we don't deserve polyamorous. <laughs> we don't deserve. I don't trust any them. recognition. I don't trust them. I don't like them. <laughs> I don't know what to do with them. Uh. So that's coming up on today's show. Uh, but before that, let we need to do some stories. Why don't you tell me uh, about your first story there? Well, oh, I was, I have to say, the one hesitation I had about doing this show was uh -huh. that I would have to read up on religious bullshit that's <laughs> happening around the world. And frankly, I'm, I'm a little exhausted. It takes a toll. I don't think people know. It how, I, th I think they should know how hard it is to for just, you guys week after week to dive into that world and try to sort through. Some of it's funny and you can laugh it off, but some of it is really serious and it's <gasps> scary. It's not It's not great. It's not. It's why we do what we do. We try and give you the same, some of the news that we have to read, but at least we try to do it uh, fun. We try to make it more <laughs> more enjoyable. Anyway, what do you got? Well, one of the things is uh, about a certain person you guys all know. I, I know that you guys have talked about Coach Dave before. Coach Dave Dobenmeyer. Yeah. And, you know, all of his knowledge about, you know, politics and religion and world <laughs> goings on and such. Because, well, you know, he was a high school football coach, you see. So well, he knows all the things. Well, I mean, that does make him qualified for almost any, to speak on almost any subject. That and... I think he probably follows the Q anon stuff real good. So well, then he's got to be—he's got to be well informed. Absolutely. Well, he's up to some shenanigans. Oh, oh, he really is, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's pretty funny. He has formed a new religious group called the Christian Revolution. He's partnered with a fellow conspiracy theorist, <laughs> Sherry Tenpenny. Oh no! What? Oh no! Tenpenny, is that the person that my parents were listening to about anti-vax stuff? Yeah, I think so. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Post-production, add in like a zoink or something <laughs> we, sound effect. We, you, you did just fine. We, uh, we'll avoid the, <laughs> the sound effect. Oh, my gosh. My face is turning red. Oh, all this uh, just deepens my... Oh, You're goodness. loathing for this particular... Yes. Thing? Well, anyway, they have committed to raising $100 million in their first month of existence. Oh, wow. It's that a is, lot of money. It's a lofty goal. It is. And they have a really solid plan for getting this $100 million. Oh, I, I can't wait to hear. I will it's, use it for my next fundraising absolutely, venture. Absolutely. They, they, <laughs> I can't even get it out. It's hilarious. They are going to earn their $100 million by accusing large companies of being anti-Christian. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, they're going to go after large corporations. Yeah, yeah. 
and yell to the rafters that they're anti-Christian and people are just going to give them money. These people are just going to hand over millions and millions of dollars to these people. Surely there's more to this strategy than just that. No, that's literally the strategy. They will demand these companies to pay up after they've charged them with being anti-Christian, anti-Christ. Um, they will demand them to pay up because they are going to claim that these people who have probably donated to Black Lives Matter aren't really diverse because Christian you know, Christians are part of a diverse culture, right? So if they're not donating to Christians. Then how could they claim to be diverse? Exactly. So they better give some money up <laughs> or okay. else. Or else. Great. Great. Yeah. I think people will think they are anti-Christian. Well, I think I think this is going to go very well for them, uh, especially considering that Dave Dobenmeyer is definitely one of the great leaders of Christianity right now. So absolutely. If I'm a big corporation. And I'm looking to to fulfill apparently the uh, the Christianity portion quota of my of my diversity yes. giving. Yeah, uh, Coach Dave will be the first guy to come to mind well, for a lot of these people. Totally. And what's hilarious is that he specifically targets com companies that have tar you know donated to Black Lives Matter as if equality isn't a Christian goal. I mean, he's he's like calling it right out. He's calling the kettle black. Well, oh, yeah. Equality is definitely not a Christian goal in no. the United States. No, uh, it is not. All right. Well, there you go. Good luck to Coach Dave. Um, I I have a story about um, a Catholic school in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh. <laughs> You're just going to sigh at the concept of a Catholic school in North Carolina. Yeah, it's the South and it's Catholic. But it's the North part of the South. Oh. It's North Carolina. Well, then... I take it all back. <laughs> anyway, a man uh, by the name of Lonnie Billard uh, worked at this Catholic school as a teacher. He was a teacher there for a long time, and then he was a substitute teacher okay. there uh, part-time. And then he announced on his social media, his personal social media, that he was finally was marrying his partner, uh, who was also a man. Oh, no. Uh, I see where this is going. Well, yes. Obviously, uh, the Catholic school fired him summarily. He was dismissed from his teaching role and uh, no longer allowed to teach. Uh, they, well, they claimed that he was advocating for, uh, for gayness, I guess, Oh, by living his life. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it goes to, you know, it. I mean, gay people are just trying to recruit us all. Well, that's true. I know I've been recruited a few times. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, he, he sued. Good. And well, in this environment, the thought of suing for something uh, like this is... Because they're a religious institution, right? It's yeah, not just the free ex market. Exactly. So the question is, is does this school have a religious uh, right to discriminate. Can they Can they get away with it? I Which, mean, he should have known better. He was teaching at a Catholic school. He, yeah. I honestly. mean, he made his choice. But they should have known better. He was the drama teacher. Come on, guys. Oh, my. Come on. <laughs> you know who you're dealing Arruga. with. Arruga. <laughs> Anywho, uh, he sued. He won. He Yay! just won the lawsuit. Uh, the judge has ruled that uh, he was wrongfully fired and uh, so that, I I mean, so I love that. Yeah, that's a title. Is a title seven uh, of the of the Civil Rights Act. They ruled the judge ruled that uh, he like he was discriminated against, and that's not a, acceptable. So well, and, hurrah! And absolutely, and you know, honestly, you know, now that we're talking about this and I'm like, oh, I see where this is going. But honestly, it's not like he was preaching his gay over the drama pulpit, you know, at school. This was on his personal media page, you know, clearly. Well, if there's one thing we have learned, everyone, it is that <laughs> what you put on social media counts. It does count. In it's... large amounts. So we've been seeing a lot of people being fired lately because of shit they've said on their social media. Yeah, we, but... Which I think is actually great because usually it's, you know, Black Lives Matter has been very vigilant about making sure that they call out people who have said horrible things. 
Yeah. Um, and I, I'm all for it, but you cannot call I'm getting married yeah. advocacy for anything other than, you know, maybe the flower industry. I don't know. Absolutely. All well, right. I hope someone makes them a gay wedding cake. <laughs> well, yeah, they might have some trouble with that. <laughs> but maybe, hopefully, yes. What do you got? Well, oh, taking it down a notch. We went from a from a silly to an encouraging life is maybe moving in the right direction to uh Oh, it's definitely not moving in the right direction, but sometimes there are nice things. Oh, uh, well, I'm going to take it down a notch back to the sad and depressing. Do it. Well, we're, you know, abortion's been on everybody's mind lately. Sure. And I mean, there's so many angles and uh, you know to this this Texas law that was just put into place, place SB8. Yeah. And you know, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot to talk about on all sides of the of the the story. Are but you saying that Kate and I didn't cover it? All all the things. Actually, last week? no. Surprisingly, and I was the reason I'm choosing to talk about this is because I was actually surprised by this and maybe a little bit encouraged. Oh. The some religious groups and faith groups, faith leaders, and whole religions are are actually pretty frustrated by SB8, and they're afraid because it infringes on their religious rights. Interesting. Yes. Okay, you, so what, what are we talking about here? Well, you know, all of us assumed, well, I did anyway, that all religions, you know, it, it, it equal anti-abortion. <laughs> I, I, yeah. If I mean, I, I involved, get where you're coming from. If God is involved, you know, he no abortion he, he, for you. He doesn't want you to kill... The, the the little fetuses. Yes. But I was surprised to learn that, A, one of the things that clergy are really afraid for is that they'll be considered aiding and abetting somebody that is considering abortion by just counseling their their constituents, their 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 congregation, yeah. excuse me. If they have a, con like under this rule, if they have a conversation with a young woman, with, with a person who is pregnant. Yes. It and, could be a couple, it could be a person, you know, whoever. And they and the word abortion comes up. Yeah. They could be sued. They could be sued. And you know, one of the things that came to mind was like, oh my gosh, you know, isn't what you talk about with your clergy, with your pastor, with your faith leader confidential? Not no more. Not not in Texas. Not in Texas. It's everybody's business. Um, so that surprised me. And I was like, yeah, what about that? So the other thing that was actually really interesting that this article touched on wasn't just about, you know, these these faith leaders not being able to talk to their 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 peeps about this these kinds of decisions. But it was also that certain religions actually think it's a sacred mandate to take care of a mother, her health and her her mental health and her physical health, and that abortion is called for in in a lot of cases, and that that is their religious right to be able to counsel for. Absolutely. I mean, you know, yeah, this this bill in Texas doesn't allow, doesn't make any carve-outs for rape, for incest, for health, you know. The like, health of the mother. I don't, does it have a carve-out for the health of the mother? No. I don't remember. It does, it does not. Anyway, plenty of religious people feel that it's not a sin. No. So it's just healthcare. Because who, we, you know, what are we pro-lifing here? Like we're certainly not pro-life of the mother. Uh, yeah. You know, um, and and we're gonna we're gonna transition to uh, the the wording of the pregnant person because it's not just necessarily just a mother. Absolutely. Uh, so I that was we got a, a lovely email from a listener uh, asking us to be more aware of that. So I I just wanted to thank you. I really appreciate that. So this, so some, some statistics out there, um, the Pew research survey found a Pew research survey found that in 2021, so this is current, um, the, the majority of white non-evangelical Protestants, 63% and black Protestants, 64% believe abortion should be legal in all or most cases. That is the majority of these Christian people. Yeah. And then it also casts the question to Catholics. 55% of Catholics feel that abortion should be legal in all or most cases. Love it. And ratcheting it up a notch, 83% of Jews think that abortion should be legal in all or most cases. Yeah. That is, and you know, that's, that's huge. Yeah. So I, I do like that. 
this thought that it that the enemy is not religion, but just this Absolutely. very vocal, insane, uh, far right group. Yeah, that are using politics or using religion as a political tool. Right. You know, I think that's what it is. And they're they're trying to legislate their religious beliefs on people, even though they're just one religion of many. Right. We should I mean, we shouldn't let everybody off the hook. There no. are there there are plenty of Jews that are against it. There are plenty of uh Catholic like Catholics are supposed to be against it. Yeah. But according to their, you know, that one guy that wears the funny hat. And everything. But, you know, it's nice to know that the majority of Americans feel differently. I think that the big takeaway, one of the big takeaways, and and we've heard even politicians say that there's going to be plenty of precedent to challenge this SB8 law. But I think the religious clergy and the attack that it will be on their First Amendment rights will be what gets it to the Supreme Court. And it'll be an interesting battle to to follow up on. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Well, speaking of abortion, I have some good news on that front this week, uh, which is that the Supreme Court of Mexico recently ruled that uh, it is unconstitutional in Mexico to punish a woman for getting an abortion. They unanimously uh, annulled several provisions of a law in the state of Coahuila. That's the one that borders Texas, correct? It's right on the Texas border. Um, but basically, coincidentally, ba- yeah, right. Uh, so I think the wall. Be ready. That wall might start keeping people in instead of keeping people out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyway, the decision. Basically, so basically, though this doesn't fully decriminalize abortion it kind of does in the entire country now each of the different states are going to have to grapple with this on their own but really basically it has made it so that you cannot prosecute a woman it sets a precedent for criminal for a criminal charge for having an abortion that is awesome i think that's really amazing there were four mexican states that already uh allowed abortion, made Great. it legal. Uh, Mexico City, Oaxaca, Veracruz, and Hidalgo. All the good ones. Those, apparently, <laughs> those are the good ones. I feel like that's a pretty good litmus test. Like, Absolutely. If, that's what they, if they allow that, then, uh, then, then it's likely that they're pretty cool um, in other ways. But the other 28 states uh, of Mexico will now have to deal with the fact that, uh, no, you are not able to criminalize this event. It's not made legal now that doesn't well, make it legal i and, mean and battles are yet to be fought on that front but a woman can seek medical attention yeah well i mean a, yeah i mean that's really what it comes down to it's a medical procedure it's health care yeah it is health care and so and and uh women can no longer be prosecuted for a crime for for that so i think that's, that's incredible great. Hail Mexico! Hooray! Viva la Mexico! (laughs) Arriba! (laughs) So what else you got? Well, I wanted to end on a high note. All right. So let's take a trip, if you will. So let's get high. (laughs) Let's do. Um, Let's jaunt our way across the ocean to Norway. Ah. Yeah. The beautiful Great White North. It's that well, that's Canada traditionally. Oh, okay. But that, but Norway gets that way too. So absolutely, we'll, we'll, and it's even it's just as north as Canada is, even norther than a lot of. Canada. It is norther. So in a little cute Lutheran church that the majority of Norwegians who practice religion are new, Lutheran. Indeed. Um, recently they performed a name change ceremony for a transgender woman. Oh. Isn't that wonderful? In the church? In the church. Interesting. Yes. They held the name change ceremony for a 49-year-old transgender woman. Well, that's fascinating. Was it, was it the priest that led the thing? It was. It was Pastor Stein Ovison who led who I, led the ceremony. I know that guy. He's great. Yeah? <laughs> He's a good friend. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, well, he is a good guy. Um, by all measures, if, you know, in this article, he partnered to plan the ceremony with a, a non-government foundation that supports people of, 
you know, LGBTQ plus sexual orientation, gender identity or gender expression and kind of helps them through their challenges. Sure. And so we partnered with them so that it could be, you know, known to all that they were doing this name ceremony for this lovely person who was... You know, was it, coming was there, out as transgender. Like Norway is so progressive just as a, as a society. They was, are. Was there any blowback? There was a little bit, actually. I was surprised to hear, but there were, you know, some in the conservative wing in Oslo and Norway um, who were deeply concerned, <laughs> was the words that were used yeah. it, when I read this story. But yeah, God forbid someone should change their name in your church. Right. I mean, what if I just get a wild hair and want to change my, you know, name to Sparkle Pony? That is your name. Oh, well, dang <laughs> it. But yeah, Stein, his response to this right wing conservative, you know, small minority in Norway just said, hey, for the, for me, this was important. It was an expression of grace and openness that he feels God is about. Okay. I know. Okay. Uh, apparently, you Norwegians haven't learned that when you... when. <laughs> When you are of LGBTQ, when when one of those letters applies to you, you leave the church. Right? That's what you do. But apparently <laughs> they haven't figured that out. So at least if there's if you can find a nice church, that's uh that's that's better than a not nice church. Absolutely. That, Absolutely. See, this is the thing that I don't want the churches to figure out because, frankly, I still think religion is poisonous no matter what. Largely. Absolutely. Uh, even if it's a nice church. But uh, what I don't want, I don't want the churches to figure out that if they're nice, people will stay. <laughs> I know. Because uh, this being mean to everybody is really helping our side of things. It really is. A I lot. mean, there's, they're, I mean, they're giving us, you know, plenty of good reason to not be religious yeah for centuries they were the only place anyone could go for comfort and they controlled the narrative completely the churches did and now that's not the case we, got we have an, other options we got a whole internet now we got, we got options baby tv we got anything so uh we we don't we got podcasts we have community we have community outside of religion that ex actually exists now yeah. and we can go to them where we, we're not going to be you know bullied and we don't need you padre <laughs> All right, uh, I'll close off by about with a an interesting. It's a story about a uh, Bishop Javier Novel Goma in Spain, España. Um, he was the youngest bishop in Spain when, when he was uh, when he was commissioned. I don't know what when when he was called crowned when he when he was <laughs> ordained he ordained ordained a bishop uh, at forty one years old. What? Yeah, that's young. That, Oh, oh, for a bishop. A bishop. That's, there's a hierarchy here. <laughs> you were raised Mormon. Right. Bishop doesn't mean anything in, to a Mormon. But, no. But yes, uh, uh, bishops is, is over a bunch of priests. It's right. a stake president. It's a, the equivalent of a stake president. In, your, in our parlance. <laughs> in the parlance of the Mormons. Boring. Uh, it is boring, as a matter of fact. Um, anyway, this bishop, uh, so he, he was ordained at 41. He, uh, is, uh, he is now 52. Uh, but he is leaving the church. <gasps> oh, or at very least, he's leaving his post as a bishop. Uh, I, I guess he. I don't know if he's leaving the church. Uh, and but there's a reason that he's leaving, and I think that this is delightful. Oh, I love this! I can't wait for it. He fell in love. Oh, now, wonderful! Now that's that's fine. That's cute. You know. Well, but Catholics are not a Catholic. They're supposed to be lonely, miserable, solitary beings. Clergy, yeah, the clergy and Catholicism is not is not allowed to uh, to have love. Well, he he fell in love with a woman. Uh, Scandalous, right? Um, and left. I think this is the. I think the well, like one of the big takeaways is he actually left the church rather than uh, have just a, an illicit affair. An illicit affair, which is the normal thing. That's what you would well, you would normally. I, I do. think he, you know this goes to show how much integrity he has yeah uh, uh the really delightful thing is that the woman that he fell in love with is sylvia caboyal 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 i'm not good at the spanish names forgive uh who is a psych psychologist and an author who oh. who writes erotic novels yes with a satanic twist to them oh my gosh i love this so much <laughs> 
Oh, I'm going to read her books. Right? Yeah. It's just very delightful. How stuff. did they meet? Does oh, it... she she was probably confessing. Who knows? Oh, I love this so much. I, I That's don't... even better. Yeah, I don't I don't actually Imagine know. the I mean, I imagine he's a virgin at this point. Imagine the sex she's going to teach him. Yeah, right? Woo! He's not ready. You're oh, not he ready. He's not ready. Bishop, you're not ready. Take it. Just start with someone easier. I mean, work, the work. role play with his bishop's smock, I'm oh, sure. Well, Woo. that's already happened for sure. <laughs> for sure. That has already happened. Oh, I love it so much. Well, honestly, he chose love. He chose love, uh, uh, which is definitely the opposite of choosing church. Anyway, hey, if you have something you'd like to tell us, or if you left the priesthood <laughs> because of your love, Write to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com, or call and leave a voicemail for us. We'll actually be able to play those next week. Nice. Uh, so the number for that is 424-666-8442. That's 424-666-TGIA. Uh, and uh, we'll be right back with a little bit more show. Love it. Well, Andrea, uh, yes, this is, Daniel. This is the point in the show when we inflict someone else's voice on our on our unsuspecting. Oh listeners. no, whose voice do I have to hear? Oh, uh, this is Hank Kuhneman, who I don't know if you'll even be able to follow him. Half the time when I listen to Hank Kuhneman, it's like he thinks he has a direction that he's going. He is a pinball man. He just bounces off of topics like you like you wouldn't believe. Well, that's what that's what a lot of these people do right because if you can't if they're not coherent you can't question you can't can't call them on it they're all over the place you can't catch up so anyway what hank's gonna get to for us is he believes trump won trump he knows trump won the election he's going to make sure that we all understand why this again why we need him to come back oh we need we need to bring him back so here here's what he has to say to enlighten Here's the thing. He has to be reinstated. Here's why he has to be reinstated. So it proves the prophet's right. Stop. Here's why. And and right wing ding wing that right about me. There you go. Right about that. Now, listen, here's why it has to be. Here's why it has to be reinstated. You're a joke. Yeah, you are. Anyway, I, 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 I mock you because you're wrong and you're idiots. So here's the thing. The, the truth about is, is this. Listen, he has to be reinstated. Why? Because he legally won. He righteously won. And here's why. If you ignore it, if you ignore it, then it's saying that they can get by with anything. What next? They're already trying to force a vaccination. They don't even know if it works. What next? Shut your churches down. Take your kids out of your home, rape your wife, put you in a concentration camp. Who knows? I know they're going to, they're going to really mess with that one. I didn't say that's what they're going to do. That's why you've got to stand up. 81 million of you stand up. Hide your kids, hide your wife. (laughs) There you go. It is, uh, yeah, he, he's very insistent. Man, those consequences, if we don't get Trump back in there. Yeah. I mean, it stands to reason. Trump has a lot of very credible accusations against him. Yeah, if we don't have him in the White House, we don't know where he is. He could be raping all over the place. <laughs> it's, it's, it is a little more dangerous out there, knowing he's not ensconced safely. Hopefully yeah, they ensconce the him in some place other than the White House. Maybe with some bars. We'll a lot see. of metal and concrete. We'll see. Okay. You never can tell. Well, I just, what what is the Democrats' end game by putting their voters in concentration camps? No, we put the, we put the Christians in concentration oh, camps. Oh, gosh. I wasn't following. <laughs> anyway, uh, listen, friends, we don't have any email or thanks for all of our patrons again this week because I need Frank to be a part of that. So... 
we're just gonna we're just gonna tootle along but we do want to thank all of our patrons so much and let you know that if you would like to be a patron who is thanked once frank gets back now is a great time to do that do it do it <laughs> there you go so uh so go to thankgodamatheist.com click on the support us tab and uh and that'll give you all the ways that you can do that we uh certainly appreciate it it is uh a beautiful thing and we you know there are perks over there we give you magic powers we give you the priesthood so whoa do i get to the priesthood for being a guest host i'll give you some priesthood all right i'll shoot a little priesthood your way all right all right. I don't know if you want it, but you you got it now. You, you oh, I, I it. want it. You got it. All right. Well, if you also would like the priesthood, just go to thankgodamatheist.com. Click the support us, and uh, we sure do appreciate each and every one of you. And we'll thank you by name next week. More show coming up. Well, Andrea. Yes, Daniel. This morning... You sent me uh, a link to a uh, an article in ChristianHeadlines.com. Yes, that was uh, that was quite delightful. The link itself, the article that you sent me, I was very surprised wasn't <laughs> more at it more didn't tip their hand more right where they were actually coming from. They actually kept they they were they were fairly restrained. Yeah, they it was way more informational and less opinion than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah, which is surprising because uh the uh the thrust of the article is about it is an article about an article. You always got to love those. Uh it's and it's about uh this article in Harvard Law today uh about polyamory. Yes. Now, obviously, polyamory is an evil thing to engage in, and only bad people do it. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute. Why are you being so... Anyway, uh, <laughs> I just thought it'd be a good thing for us to talk about, because it started by, by talking about the Supreme Court ruling that legalized same-sex marriage in these United States of America. Yes, and what a slippery slope that was. Yeah, basically, it got to, uh, it, it <laughs> talked about how Justice, Chief Justice John Roberts at the time, then in 2015, yes, wrote a warning, a dire warning to us all <sighs> that if the, the, the majority opinion that allowed same-sex marriage yes. uh, would then, let me, let me find the quote, no reason at all why the two-person element of the core definition of marriage may be preserved while the man-woman element may not. Whoa. What if more than one person were able to get married? It's, it's, it's a, a terrifying specter for, wow. for the religious right. And has been since the days when our religious forefathers, the, 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 the founders of the church in which you and I were uh, indoctrinated. Yes. Uh, they were, they practiced polygamy and which in most cases was not consensual. It was, so, oh yeah. Polygamy, like pat I mean, patriarchal polygamy is, uh, especially religiously mandated patriarchal polygamy absolutely. is some bullshit. It is obviously, uh, not okay. Right. It has, it's, it, there's never been a time when it's been practiced when it's been Okay. So, so it ain't, but back then, you know, Joseph Smith starts the Mormon church. He starts having some, some side, some wives <laughs> on the side <laughs> and gets a bunch of things going at that time. I don't remember who the president was that called that said that there were the, the dual abominations of slavery and polygamy, but man, that's a, that's a pretty strong association, right? There. Yeah. <laughs> like like the chattel slavery of the South versus uh, people marrying too much. That 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 seems like yeah. maybe not quite equivalent. It wasn't great, though. But we're not talking about patriarchal uh, polygamy. polygamy. We're talking about polyamory. And for those of you who aren't aware, polyamory is just a consensual agreement to non-monogamy. Between people who are in relationships. Yes. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a, t 
type of relationship status. It's basically a relationship status. Yeah. For consenting adults. Yeah. So uh, people in a relationship with each other, a love relationship with each other, are mm -hmm. allowed to be, are allowed by mutual agreement to be in also other love relationships. Yes. Or sex relationships or whatever. Or like, however you see fit, because who should tell us what our relationships should look like? Indeed. Uh, and the Harvard Law Today article basically was talking about how people who are in polyamorous relationships, there are a lot of rights and a lot of, uh, there are a lot of sort of legal and sociological issues with that. Yeah. They don't um, have legal protections that right. now even the LGBTQ plus community has based on, you know, the passing of the Supreme Court law and yeah. all of that kind right, of stuff. Right, right. So this was just a, an interesting discussion of that issue, you know, talking about things like if there is a, 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 a parent, a co-parent of a child who isn't a legal parent of that child, mm -hmm. you know, they can't become a legal parent of that child currently yeah if that child already has a mother a legal mother and a legal father or or two legal parents right and and for simple enough reasons as even just picking them up from school <laughs> being released to somebody who is considered one of their legal guardians right things like that well or, one of their illegal guardians right or visiting you know one of your partners in the hospital yeah so this is a so it it, it becomes an interesting question and it's a question that I have never, I, I honestly haven't given a lot of thought to the legal issues that can come up with polyamory, which is funny because, and some, a lot of our listeners know this, some of you don't, uh, you and I, Andrea, are in a polyamorous arrangement. We are. Our, uh, our, our marriage. We are polyamorous. Yes, indeed. Um, yes. I've never liked that word because I feel like a lot of, I, in the same way that a lot of people don't like the word atheist because there's a lot of associations with it. Absolutely. Do you know how many times people have asked, well, you know, or just assumed that we have orgies and threesomes or we're swingers or, right. you know, Not whatever. Not there's anything wrong with no! any of that stuff. No, but it's... You know, but we're so much more boring than that, right? <laughs> so let so, me be boring. Yeah, don't don't lump me in with all those interesting people. How dare you? <laughs> so so yeah, I we just I just thought we would talk a little bit about uh, about that because it hasn't been well until very recently. We haven't had any legal issues with it, but there are some interesting and you know one I talked at one point with. Andrew uh, Torres of Opening Arguments fame, because because we were going through a thing. Um, Kate, my partner, who y'all heard last week, but we didn't say that she was my partner, but she is my partner. She went through a divorce fairly recently. I, we can't really get into too much of this, but uh, her ex sued to terminate alimony because I spend some nights there. Some nights there, and that's he. It was his. Uh, belief that that was co co legal cohabitation and therefore he shouldn't have to pay alimony. I actually am not financially intertwined, intertwined with Kate at all. So Right. And he's married to another person and, and financially has a household. And Well, actually, the, that, that non-legal status of my relationship with Kate helped in this case because right. uh, they were not able to... to establish that there was a cohabitation that was mostly because of the financial thing. We're not financially intertwined. And so like he had no case on that point, but it's muddy water. This is, it is crazy muddy water. And when I was talking to Andrew about, uh, about the case, he said, you know, I have tried to look at family law, but it, he called it the wild west in the legal world. Because Absolutely. Uh, because it is nutty, but something should be done. And here's the thing, like there are some parts of the country and I, I learned this from this, uh, from, from this article, from this Harvard article, um, some of the areas right around Harvard are actually the only areas in the country that have given legal standing to polyamorous relationships. Yes. And it was this Harvard law group that kind of helped you know, kind of build some coalitions to help that framework right. have and, take place. And one of the things, like, you know, we're talking about things like 
extending domestic partnership, even like, like you know, status, ins- even if you don't live together, insurance benefits. Yeah. To multiple people. Now, I think that there's a bit of a there's a bit of a quagmire there because you know a company I could very reasonably I think say, well, how many people do I have to extend this to? Do, how many people do I have to pay for insurance for? Well, how many kids are with, they going to have with that just, I have to pay for? With just one person working for me, you know what I mean? Right, but I mean, the children, I mean, you could have 10 kids. Are they going to say, stop having kids? Because I don't want to cover those people. I mean, they want to. Yeah, but I promise they can't. You, I promise you they but want they to. But they can't, so it's right. like, it is muddy waters, though. But when I, yeah, that's all I'm saying, is that, like, to me, it's not immediately obvious what the answers to any of this stuff is. But I think the point of the article is that we need to start having a conversation about it because it is, um, I think the statistic said that five to 6% of people living in America are polyamorous. I thought that was a little low, but really, I thought that was high. I was like (laughs) impressed. I was like, wow, really that high, huh? Yeah. But I, you know, I, I think that, you know, you and Kate, for example, since you've you've mentioned her as your partner, you know, the fact that you're married to me and have financial entanglements and certain rights, you know, as my partner, it precludes her from having some of those same rights. And you guys have been together for a long time. And, you know, what, heaven forbid something happens to you. Or to her. Or to her. And you guys can't. You know, in the article, they cited somebody that had to lie and say that this person was their sister to be able to to visit at the hospital. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And you have a partner also. I do. The same applies to him. It's a it. I feel like it's look. uh, Justice Roberts was absolutely right. There's no no reason to say. Yes, gay people can marry. And. No, you can't open this up any further than that. Uh, we are reimagining how human relationships work. The same standards shouldn't and don't apply anymore. It's just, it's just, look, when we, when we divorced <laughs> marriage as a concept from the, uh, from the church. Yeah. Which we did. Which we should have. Rightfully so. Uh and when we stopped, when it stopped being just an institution, a financial institution of like, you know, I, I marry this woman so that our families are are linked together and I get paid a dowry for marrying her. Or she can only claim her family's inheritance if she has a man. She right. can't claim, you know, she can't own land unless she has a man. Yeah. I mean, the concept of marriage just being a love relationship and, uh, you know, and, and that kind of uh, institution is new. You know, Jane Austen essentially invent, Absolutely. In, invented the concept. So if we're going, and since we've done that, and since we don't, we no longer are controlled by the church, guess what? We're going to get, we're going to look for different ways to, to live our lives. It's less about marriage and more about love. In <laughs> fact, even calling it marriage, you know, is so like, wrapped up in a lot of baggage you know religious baggage 1980s to call it so totally a life commitment (laughs) a love commitment no i mean seriously it's like here's the thing a lot of people who are totally on board with gay marriage are not going to be okay with what you and i are saying right now Uh, even our listeners as liberal as they tend to be we we once got someone changed their stars rating of our show on on iTunes because they heard me on the How to Heretic say that I was polyamorous. What? And they were like, ah, that's the same as polygamy. I can't support that. And they they docked a couple stars to this show because I'm on it. Wait, do they even understand? Again, like read the definition of polyamory. Look. It's multiple people. I'm just saying not everybody's going to be immediately on board with this thing. A lot of our listeners are. It's so normal to us. I am currently reminding you and me that this is not normal to most people. I guess that's true. But for me, flat stop, it's just love. And as long as consenting adults are involved, I don't care what it is, whether it's a partnership, a love relationship, uh, a marriage you know, whatever it is, 
if it's consenting adults, like. Yeah, I I obviously agree with you, but we didn't come, you know, we didn't start out this way. We had to come to this ourselves. You know what I mean? Like you and I had to evolve to this. We started out as a monogamous relationship. Yes. And, but uh, we, but you know. It's just, uh, it, what I'm saying is we're in the early stages of this question. And I don't know where it's going to go. And I don't know how many people are going to give it a shot. And I don't know how many people are going to hate it because a lot of people do try it. It doesn't. It isn't for it, everyone. It doesn't work for them. And That's that is fine. okay. The point is that everyone should just be able to have the kind of relationship that they want. Yeah. And that fulfills them and makes them happy. Yeah. Or the kind of, or the multiple kinds of relationships that they want. Or not at all. Yeah. You know, it also brings up the article brought up, and I thought this was really interesting. It's not just about people who are all about more love, more love, more love, like we are. Like it's, you know, it's all about, you know, being able to have as much love in our life as possible, which is incredible. But there's a lot of people out there who are a you know, aromantic and asexual and Mm -hmm. and being able to be in a relationship with, you know, with somebody in regards to a marriage or a, you know, domestic partnerships, you know, that aren't constricted by the same idea that we have about relationships. It's interesting because what will happen is you and I are going to be accused of advocating for this lifestyle, which we are not. We're advocating Uh, for people to be able to live their life the way they want and be legally recognized within certain rights. Or at least let's what we need to do is all of us have the conversation. What rights need to happen? What what needs to be enshrined in law so that everybody has the rights that are needed? And what rights aren't needed? What Correct. rights shouldn't be passed all, along? And I think that all of that is a valid conversation. That, but uh, as long as it's in the shadows, nothing can happen. So I'm grateful that this uh, you know that these uh, that these loonies over at Harvard are actually looking into it and and talking about it. Yeah, it's it's really remarkable, and it's you know what I think is encouraging, and I think one of the reasons why it's an easier conversation is these are law students. They are younger people. They are a little bit more woke, you know, if you will, and they're you know they're they're witness to a lot more openness in their life, whether it's you know, the LGBTQ plus community, you know, racial diversity, they're a lot more tolerant of things that are other. And they're the ones exploring this. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll be interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch, to see, uh, what happens as, as this moves forward. But I just, I don't know. Uh, here's what's really funny is that you and I embarked on this thing. I didn't do any research about it. I really don't know the poly community very well I at don't all either you, we just sort of decided that we were that we were down with like each other ha- having other relationships and we didn't check in like i called my one friend that i knew was poly and was just like hey uh thinking about doing this what do you think and you know just had a conversation and that was the sum total of the research that but that's I did. okay we why why did why does somebody have to research in order to make a decision that feels right to us? Like we should just be able to do what feels right to us regardless. I think that's the point. I think that, I think that's, I didn't care. I don't care what other people think. And so in, you know, in researching or communing with others about it, I didn't need to ask permission. No, it was really just between you and I. Yeah, and uh, and uh, but I think that what this ends up meaning, uh, well, and frankly, if we had done some research, we might have been able to avoid a couple of the pitfalls that we encountered along the way. But that's okay. Sure, that's fine. <laughs> I think the point here is what we've come to is there are lots of ways to love, and there are lots Absolutely. of ways to craft a life that includes loving other humans. Yes. And I feel like we need to have a much broader uh, discussion about that so that we so that we as a society can open up to that. And we've done a great job on a few fronts. Yeah. I and mean, we just need to keep going. I think, I think that's the whole takeaway is just keep going. Absolutely. Keep trudging forward and, and, you know, do the next best thing. Yeah. Even if you yourself couldn't, fathom 
having the kind of relationship that those guys over there have. Okay. That's fine. Nobody's asking you to. Nobody's, you know, legislating. Oh, wait. People legislate their religious beliefs all the time. Yeah, exactly. So so even if you're disgusted at, you know, religious monogamous marriage, we can still embrace a society that that allows and and embraces them. We can be okay with that. And they can learn. I mean, they can't, but they can learn to be okay with us, I think. Yeah. Anyway, uh, listen, I, I have a, I imagine some folks will have some things to say about this. So please if you share. Are, if you are one of those people, please feel free to write into us podcast at thank God I'm atheist.com. Tell us your experience. Tell us why we're awful people, you and me, Andrea, for, for doing <laughs> we're this. just horrible. We're we are. We're bad, bad, naughty people. Anyway, uh, again, podcast at thank God I'm atheist.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 424-666-8442. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGIAtheist. Click the like button. Uh, join one of our m- multiple members-only lounges. You can do that. Uh, there's one on Facebook. There's one on, uh, what's the other thing? Discord. <laughs> I'm super hip to all the things. Uh, <laughs> just go to thankautomatheist.com slash members-only. And that'll take you to the different uh, members-only lounges. Thanks to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their fine music. Thanks to Gordon Johnson for the use of his music. And thank you to Andrea Beecher for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. This was a just a delight. Well, I appreciate it. It was and, very fun. And thanks to all of you for tuning in. We sure do appreciate you. Yes, yes. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.